You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. We're getting ready for the draft. We're wrapping up free agency. I've got free agency grades for every team, tracking the signings. You can check all that out. Catch up on anything you've missed there ahead of the draft. We're wrapping up Pro Days. Anthony Richardson, the big one here to uh, close things out. We'll uh, talk a lot more about the draft going forward here on the show as we look at uh, the team's plans and uh, what they might need to do and uh, some impact players that can deliver right away in fantasy football. So we do have to have a wrap up our look at the depth charts on all the teams in the league. We're down to our last division and our last four teams. That would be the AFC West on today's show. So we'll hit the Broncos. We'll go to the Chiefs. We'll go to the Raiders. And finish up with the Chargers here. So a lot of good stuff to talk about with all those teams here. Some uh, big changes for three of those teams. Chargers, uh, not so much, but still something we need to uh, track here to see where we're at with all these teams and what they might also do in the draft and what they've done in free agency. Thanks again for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen today. Subscribe and follow for free wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. And this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. All right. We'll start with the Denver Broncos here with our depth charts from the AFC West. The Broncos have changed things up behind Russell Wilson. Sean Payton is your head coach. He brings Joe Lombardi, his former Saints lieutenant, coming over from the division rival Chargers to be their offensive coordinator. The Chargers moved on with Kellen Moore. So for Russell Wilson, there's a new backup quarterback. It's Jared Stitham. So they signed Stitham away also from a division rival. Comes over from the Raiders who let him go. And knowing that they were going to get Jimmy Garoppolo, moved on from Derek Carr as well. Stitham started the last two games for Carr. So a higher-end backup here for Wilson. You also have another Jarrett behind Wilson, it's Jarrett Garantano. He's a kid from Washington State. So there's not a lot here depth-wise, but Wilson, one of the more durable quarterbacks in the league. He had the one year, the last year in Seattle, where he missed time with the thumb hand injury. And uh, Geno Smith had to fill in, show the Seahawks that he could be a starter full-time. But other than that, Wilson has been a complete Ironman, played every game last year as well for the Broncos. So Look, uh, Stidham, they hope, doesn't see the field, but they like his ability to pick up the offense here from Peyton and Lombardi. All right, going to running back. This is interesting. The Broncos, I think, are hedging their bets a little bit with the Javonta Williams injury. It's a major knee injury, hoping that he can return here early in the season at the latest and maybe be even available for week one. But it's a devastating injury. But behind him, they've definitely changed things up here. They picked up Samaj P. Ryan from the Bengals. So Bengals lose a key part of that backup situation behind Joe Mixon. P. Ryan, we know, can do a little bit of everything well. Is a good pass catcher, a good power runner when needed, can pass protect. So I think they're looking at P. Ryan as a good little contingency 
And this also says that they're going to give feature-like touches to Williams should he be healthy because P. Ryan can just kind of plug and play and do a lot of things he does here. Williams is not the top-flight pass catcher, and P. Ryan is a little bit better there, so you might see P. Ryan a little bit more passing situations on the field uh, should uh, Williams be healthy here. If not, P. Ryan's going to have an opportunity out of the gate to uh, get some uh, key touches because the third running back here, Tony Jones Jr., that makes sense. He was a former Saint, so he goes with Sean Payton getting a chance here as number three. And uh, finally, your last uh, running back is Demaria Crockett. He's a kid from Missouri. So looking good for P. Ryan to be a strong backup slash handcuff here for Javante Williams and maybe getting some key action early in the season should uh, Williams be a little bit slowed and not at full speed after the tough knee injury last season. All right, go to wide receiver. There was much debate about trading Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton that has not materialized here for the Broncos. In fact, Sean Payton has gone the other way and said, we're absolutely not trading these guys, and I wouldn't either. You need these weapons to help Russell Wilson. You also get the luxury of getting Tim Patrick back from his injury. So Patrick, they really like. He's a good number three. He also allows them to go 11 personnel and put Judy in the slot. So he was a big absence last year for sure. They expected him to be on the field. He was a little bit reliable there a couple years ago when Judy and Sutton had their injuries, uh, but Patrick was the in one injured last year, didn't get a chance to perform and help uh, Wilson. So I think that'll change a little bit here. 11 personnel, you'll see those three guys out on the field quite a bit. KJ Hamler probably slides a little bit in this uh, rotation to four. So they've uh, seen some flashes from him, but I think they might use him as a spread gadget player there as when they go double slot. You have Marquise, Marquez Calloway, another former Saint there that can make some big plays, but the Saints gave up on him. They didn't have the right connection there to uh, push him forward. He had a decent uh, chemistry with Jameis Winston, but of course that is broken up now with uh, Winston being the backup, Derek Carr being the starter. So Callaway was definitely available, so he's the number five right now. Kendall Hinton drops down to number six. He made that emergency start uh, for the Broncos against the Saints a couple of years ago. So Hinton, again, is dropping. And then Yamantra Washington, he flashed last year. I thought he'd have a bigger role, but right now he's buried in the depth chart really deep here at number seven. So interesting uh, depth chart for sure, but Judy Sutton and Patrick, the clear top three there to help uh, Russell Wilson this year. At tight end, uh, things have uh, pretty much stayed the same. Greg Dolchich has uh, emerged to be the number one, so he has a great opportunity here to be very productive the very athletic kid out of UCLA in year two. Albert Ukwabainam is the number two tight end, so his fantasy value is pretty, pretty much done here. Chris Manhurts was signed, the former Panther and Jaguar, so he ends up as the number three tight end. So pretty deep at tight end, pretty deep at wide receiver. Running back a little thinner, but uh, P. Ryan, again, is a pretty reliable number two where you didn't have to invest too much behind him. So Interesting there. On the offensive line, Garrett Bowles should be fully healthy. They also made two key additions here. At left guard, Ben Powers is projected to start. At right tackle, Mike McGlinchey. Powers coming from the Ravens, McGlinchey coming from the 49ers. So tapping into some pretty good offensive lines to upgrade. McGlinchey is a good bookend with Bowles. Rounding it out inside with Powers is Lloyd Cushenberry, the center. And you also have Quinn Miners at right guard. So they move on from Graham Glasgow here. But this offensive line looking pretty decent. Bowles, if he can return healthy, is an absolute stud. On the left side, McGlinchey has been declining a little bit, but he's still solid as right tackle on Powers. Also upgrades interior. So good moves all around to try to reset this. So it's very much similar to what we saw 
in Jacksonville, where you had Doug Peterson coming in year two, cleaned up a lot of things that they had going on with Urban Meyer. Same thing seems to be developing here with Sean Payton. Very similar profiles, right? Peterson was a one-time Super Bowl winner, took some time off, came back, was very effective coaching. Payton took some time off from coaching, trying to clean up a masters. It's going to be more organized. That's one thing about Sean Payton and staff. They're very organized. They'll have things in place here to make everyone successful. So I do love these changes in relation to what Peyton Lombardi can bring. And I think Wilson, great position here to have a big rebound season in 2023. All right, there you have a look at one of the teams, the Broncos. We'll get into the Chiefs, Raiders, and Chargers in our final two segments here on Locked On Fantasy Football. It's a great season here for college basketball coming to an end with the two tournaments. you got the men's tournament, the women's tournament. Uh, if you want to get in on the action, there's no better way to do that than by downloading the FanDuel Sportsbook app, the number one sportsbook, FanDuel. That's because right now FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the nets in Houston there for the men's Final Four. We got a great matchup of teams with Florida Atlantic, San Diego State, Connecticut, and Miami. So you can get in on all that action all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. All right, thanks again for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen today. We're part of Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Another show you should check out on the network, Lockdown NFL Draft uh, with host Damian Parson and Keith Sanchez. They really bring it to you, analyzing the top prospects, giving the lowdown on the pro days, getting you set for what teams are thinking ahead of the teams going on the clock in the first round, April 27th. Check it out, Lockdown NFL Draft, part of Lockdown Podcast Network. Like this show, your team every day. Subscribe and follow for free just like the show as well. They do a great job, Damien and Keith. Check out their show for sure. All right, it is time to continue the show here and look at the Chiefs' depth chart. So now, offensively, very similar to last year in the fact that they're gutted a little bit wide receiver. Let's start with quarterback cover. Patrick Mahomes is your clear number one. We know that. But you have a new number two, Shane Bouchel, because you have uh, the presence of Chad Henney gone, he's retired, and Chris Oladikon, he was a draft pick by the Steelers a couple years ago, so you have uh, Mahomes, Michelle Oladikon, so not a lot of experience, they lose the veteran Henney, who was a plug-and-play who did really well for Mahomes, uh, filling in when needed in short bursts there for him, so they're going to miss Henney for sure, and his influence in the locker room and his presence there, he's a very upright guy, very knowledgeable guy, so Michelle and Lodicon just a little thin there behind Mahomes. Maybe they'll look still for a veteran quarterback they could add. At running back, it's pretty clear. You have Isaiah Pacheco. He took over the lead. Clyde Edwards-Alaire hanging on by a thread here. Jerick McKinnon still hasn't been re-signed here by the Chiefs. Maybe they'll come a little bit later. It's another P. Ryan in the AFC West. It's LaMichael P. Ryan. He's the number three running back right now listed on their depth chart. So pretty thin there. I don't know what they're going to do with Edwards-Alaire. Going forward, P. Ryan's in the mix. We'll see about McKinnon coming back. But looking at uh, Pacheco, he's going to get some major touches here. Almost pushed to 1,000 yards from scrimmage last year. So Pacheco, great situation to expand his role. I think they can even throw to him out of the backfield. So that would be great. 
his power running, his uh, good yardage is uh, helped by some touchdowns and some uh, passes caught here. He's really going to have a big year as a potential RB2 with a bullet here in 2023. All right, we go to wide receiver, and a couple guys are leaving again. Juju Smith-Schuster leaves for the Patriots, uh, joining him in the AFC East. Uh, yeah, Michael Hardman, who joins the Jets. So those guys are gone, Smith-Schuster and Hardman. So Marquez Valdez-Kenling right now is listed as the number one, but we know Kadarius Tony is someone to watch there as well as Sky Moore. So these guys have great opportunities playing off Travis Kelsey at tight end to really make a difference here. I don't see MBS as a clear number one. They can look at wide receiver in the draft, but Tony and Moore have that potential. We know that. A little different. Uh, they have that body type of Tyree Kills. They're hoping one of them will pay off here and uh, lead their wide receiver core. They know that they have Kelsey at tight end to lead their passing game, so things to look at there. They also have a couple of uh, Clemson guys there, Cornell Powell and Justin Ross. I've liked both of these guys when they were healthy in college here to make some plays. So there's some big-time op opportunity, Ross especially. He was a big-time playmaker before he had a little condition there playing with Trevor Lawrence, a young receiver that I thought was going to be can't miss in the NFL. But he got slowed down. Maybe it's a little bit of time for him to rise here. So looking at Powell and Ross, they also have Amir Smith-Marset. He's a former Iowa Hawkeye there. So... He can make some plays. He was on their roster for the Super Bowl, so something to look at there. And they also took a flyer on the speed of John Ross. Yeah, so you can tell the Chiefs are trying to assemble some speed, some quickness here to help Mahomes in this uh, makeshift wide receiver core once again with Juju and Meikle out of the mix here for 2023. At tight end, they're pretty familiar and pretty deep here. Travis Kelsey is their number one. Noah Gray, number two. Blake Bell, the Bell Dozer, is back as your number three, and Jody Fort's a number four. So pretty deep for sure. When Noah Gray is really effective, he was a good backup last year. Bell and Fortson situationally can be used as well. So good cogs there for Andy Reid to have and uh, stays intact at tight end. Now, offensive line, a couple changes. They lost both tackles. Orlando Brown Jr. signed with the rival Bengals. So. He's now the left tackle there. You also have Andrew Wiley signing with the commander. So both tackles leave. The inside is the same. Left guard Joe Thune, Reed Humphrey at center, and Trey Smith at right guard. So everything stays the same there. But the new left tackle is Jawan Taylor. He played right tackle for the Jaguars. So that's because Cam Robinson was there. But they don't have a Cam Robinson in Kansas City. So Taylor flips to the left side to be the starter there. And they paid him that type of money to replace Orlando Brown. So... They like him there. And Lucas Niang, he was healthy for a little while last year, but Wiley was the starter for the season. So now you have Lucas Niang back in play as a potential right tackle starter here for the Chiefs. All right, moving on to the Raiders. We know what they did at quarterback. They uh, moved on from Derek Carr. They moved on from Jared Stidham. They bring in another guy that was with Josh McDaniels, like Stidham in New England. That is uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, so the older backup. Leave San Francisco. This would be a bay to bay move, but the Raiders don't play in Oakland anymore. It's Las Vegas. So Jimmy Garoppolo is your starter for sure. Now we'll have to see if they want to add a quarterback in the draft. There's potential there still to do that. Maybe Will Levison groom him for a year and have Garoppolo start right away. So something to look at there. But Chase Garbers is their only other quarterback right now. And that's a little bit concerning because Garoppolo has the long injury history. So they might have to just draft that rookie just to have someone there and again they might like Garoppolo in the short term but longer term they're still should be looking at Will Levis or Anthony Richardson should one of them drop at number seven overall in the draft 
Josh Jacobs got the franchise tag, so he'll be back. Also re-signed was Amir Abdullah, so he's hanging on as the number two here. So that's not good for Zamir White trying to carve out that key role. Jacobs coming off leading the NFL both rushing and yards for scrimmage. Abdullah being a good uh, pass-catching complement there, and Bolden can also do that play on special teams. So it's not looking great for Zamir White for a year to uh, break out with that situation. At wide receiver, very similar uh, situation here where you have Adams, uh, Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro as your top receivers. And Jacoby Myers is down the mix. And Myers will probably line up outside opposite Adams and give Renfro the slot here. So something to watch out, but Myers has the size to play. Outside or inside, a little bit more versatility. Renfro can also do that. So the Raiders like that a little bit more in tune with what McDaniels wants to do. They also added some depth here. Philip Dorsett is on the team. So is uh, the former Charger, DeAndre Carter. Keelan Cole was re-signed. Matt Collins was not, so he heads out. Cam Sims is also in the mix here. So Raiders not bad depth, especially when you think about what Carter was able to do for the Chargers, and he's the number five, and Cole has been pretty reliable, and he's the number six. So really good to see that with the Raiders have some depth. Now tight end is completely different because uh, Darren Waller is traded to the Giants. Foster Morrow has a medical issue that he's going to sit out the season. Tough decision to walk away from the game. We'll see if he returns to the game, but we had Walker or Waller and Moreau last year. Now it's Austin Hooper signed in free agency there, so he's number one. O.J. Howard was also signed, so Hooper and Howard are your new combination there, saying goodbye to Waller and Moreau, and Jesper Horstead hangs on as the number three. He just slides down. Two different options have emerged here in Las Vegas. At the Offensive line, it's pretty good. It's underrated. I think it's still going to be upgraded. Colton Miller's their left tackle. Dylan Parham at left guard. Andre James at center. Alex Barr's at right guard. And Jermaine Illuminor at right tackle. So pretty decent, but I still think they could use some upgrades there. I think right tackle's still pretty weak. Colton Miller should probably play there over Illuminor and uh, maybe look at the right guard as well. So a lot of things the Raiders can think about upgrading their offensive line with here in 2023. All right, we will close the show in our final segment looking at uh, the stuff that you need to know there for the Chargers and what's happening with them here in this offseason. But again, make sure you're checking out all the great shows on the podcast network here. We are part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Whatever your favorite team is, we got you covered all throughout the offseason, all throughout the draft there. So check it out. Subscribe and follow for free with any of our shows here on the network. Okay, it's time to close the show looking at the Chargers and uh, what they've got here. So they're pretty thin at uh, quarterback right now. Chase Daniel not coming back for this moment. Justin Herbert is your leading uh, quarterback, of course. Easton Stick is number two. They've just opened up contract negotiations with Herbert, the Chargers have admitted. So the big deal is coming here to lock up Herbert. That's going to handcuff them in different ways, probably down the line. But Herbert, they love him. He's locked into being their franchise quarterback for a long time. So just a matter of time, just with him and Joe Burrow. And running back, Austin Eckler was part of some uh, trade rumors as well. Partly he's fueled by him asking to be traded because he wanted to pay top, get paid top-level money here. We'll see if that happens. Uh, that would put Joshua Kelly in a bigger role as well as Isaiah Spiller. Those are the 2-3 right now as well as Larry Roundtree. So it would probably be a bit of a committee approach that Eckler not be there. It's kind of like that anyway because Eckler... Is a receiving forward, running back Kelly getting a few more power touches down the stretch last year. So something to watch there with the Chargers uh, in that backfield, but if not, uh, very similar to the way they're structured last year. 
At wide receiver, they were talked about maybe moving Keenan Allen's contract, but they need him to be a contender here. So Keenan Allen's your number one. Mike Williams is your number two. Joshua Palmer, three. So that's very familiar from last year. Not a lot of depth. The only two guys at this position available to them. Keelan Doss, remember he flashed on hard knocks a few years ago with the Raiders. And John Hightower, draft pick of the Eagles. So Hightower is a big target on the outside. Doss has a little bit of a route running specialty. So we'll see if either of these guys can step into key roles here. But really, you figure you'll see a lot of a mix of 11 and 12 personnel with Allen Williams and Palmer out there at the same time. Or incorporating these two tight ends. So right now, they've not cut Gerald Everett. He's an easy cut for cap relief here. But they did bring back Donald Parham Jr., so they have some depth to Everett and Parham to do that. Trey McKitty is number three, and Stone Smart is number four. So pretty good overall there, depth at uh, tight end, a little bit better than what the Chargers have at wide receiver. Very interesting there indeed. And again, running back is more preference and specialty, and we'll see what happens with Eckler going forward. All right, the offensive line is really excellent when Rashawn Slater is healthy. He missed... Last year, for most part, so he's the left tackle right now, so he anchors things down there. For Herbert, you have Jemery Salier. He's uh, worked out really well as a interior hybrid from Georgia. You got Corey Lindsley, the venerable center, one of the best league, if not the best, that isn't. Jason Kelsey in anchoring the middle there. You have Zion Johnson, a first-round pick, playing really good at really well at right guard. And you also have Trey Pipkins re-signed to be their right tackle. So a lot of uh, intact things here. And Slater coming back is going to be huge there for this team. So Slater and Zion Johnson, two young, a very upside players here that you see in the blocking for the Los Angeles Chargers. So there you have it. There's a look at the depth charts from all four AFC West teams. The updates you need to know for fantasy football and kind of uh, going into our full off-season scouting mode for these teams, so giving you the insight you need and uh, try to figure out how you're going to stack your board in the end here for your fantasy football team. Now, we talked about uh, stacking boards. Well, it is a great time to check out uh, draft content here on the network, as we mentioned with our Lockdown NFL Draft Show, but also check out, second listen, Lockdown NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes from free agency to draft, salary cap management, and more NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to be a successful NFL franchise. Every Monday through Friday, find Lockdown NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. For Lockdown Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. Thanks so much for listening and watching, and we'll catch you at the end of the week on Friday.